Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to gather together uh, to hear from your word and to worship you, Lord. We pray that we would get to know you deeper, and we pray that we would get to know your word deeper, and we pray that you would uh, cause us to grow and uh, to be more thankful. And we thank you for your grace, and amen. So uh, today's sermon is titled, Thankfulness. Uh, We will be speaking about thankfulness. So uh, the outline for today's sermon... Um, we can go to the outline slide. We're going to be talking about what the Bible says about thankfulness, the benefits of being thankful, understanding what thankfulness is, and tips for being thankful. Um, so let's look at what the Bible says about thankfulness. Thankfulness is a topic I feel like we don't talk about very much, but uh, it's really a theme in the scriptures. Like, thankfulness is throughout the scriptures, and it's throughout the instructions of the New Testament that we are supposed to be thankful. And it's, you know, it's a very big theme in the Psalms. But thankfulness is a, it's a big theme in the scriptures. Uh, so the first thing I would like to point out about what the Bible says about thankfulness is that we are commanded to be thankful. The Bible commands us to be thankful in every circumstance. Um, Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18. We're going to look at a bunch of verses that show that we're commanded to be thankful. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians 5, verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no, nor crude joking, which are all out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, 18 through 20. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, Colossians three fifteen and 16. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And lastly, uh, Colossians 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly or continue faithfully in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So in case you didn't know before, we are commanded to be thankful. And we should be thankful. We have a lot of reasons to be thankful to God. But thankfulness is commanded in the scriptures, uh, no matter what circumstance we're in. We are commanded to be thankful to God in every circumstance, during good times, during bad times, and during so-so times. Um, But I want to explain a bit more what that means to be thankful to God in all circumstances. Uh, I don't think that it means to be thankful for literally everything that happens ever. Some things that happen are bad things. Nothing that happens is ultimately bad, but some things are bad things. 
for example, I don't think God wants you to thank him for your sin. God allowed you to sin, but your sin is your doing. We should be, um, you know, thankful to God in all circumstances because he works them together for good, whether they're good or bad. But God isn't calling us to just believe that all things are good. Like some things are bad. Not ultimately bad. God will work them out for good, but bad things do happen. We're not commanded to be thankful for literally everything that happens ever. We're commanded to be thankful in all circumstances because there's always good that's being worked. When we sin, we don't thank God that we sinned. We thank him for forgiving us and we thank him for working our sin out for our good and for his glory. So I just want to say about being thankful in all circumstances, it doesn't mean be thankful for literally everything ever. But we should be thankful in our all circumstances because God works everything together for our good. Uh, the second thing I want to point out about the commands to be thankful is um, we are to live a lifestyle of regularly giving thanks to God. Regularly being thankful, continually being thankful, and regularly giving thanks to God. Uh, the verses give a sense of like a habit or a lifestyle of thanksgiving, not just like once or twice a week. Um, it said in the end of Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't imply like just a little bit here and there. We're to have a habit of thanksgiving, and those habits need developed. We should give thanks to God throughout the day, multiple times a day, no matter what circumstances we're in. And I think it's Interesting that uh, Paul didn't say, give thanks to God even in bad circumstances. He said, give thanks to God in all circumstances. Because it can be easy to forget to give thanks to God in good circumstances. And sometimes the dangers that can come from ingratitude can be just as bad during good times as they would be in bad times. We need the benefits of gratitude during bad times because it helps our focus but we also need the benefits of gratitude during good times because it can help with pride. So we are commanded to be thankful. Uh, the second thing I want to point out that the Bible says about thankfulness is thankfulness is part of our ministry to God. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9 verse 12. So uh, at this point, you know, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about setting aside money for helping the church in Jerusalem. So when he says, for the ministry of this service, he's talking about giving money. For the ministry of this service, or uh, when he's talking about supplying the needs of the saints. Um, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So thanksgiving is part of our ministry towards God. All Christians have a threefold ministry. All Christians are priests. And we have a ministry towards God, towards uh, believers, and towards unbelievers. 
And the Bible specifically says that thanksgiving is the ministry of all Christians to God. God enjoys our thanksgiving. God wants us to be thankful. I've never seen a father who really cared about their kids who didn't enjoy when their children were thankful. And, uh, and the third thing I want to point out about what the Bible says about thankfulness is that thankfulness enables us to do all things to the glory of God. I think that's one of the coolest things about thankfulness. Thankfulness enables us to do all things to the glory of God. So we're commanded to do all things to the glory of God. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, uh, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And you might think, well, how do you do that? That sounds like a pretty tall command. Like some things I don't, like it can be hard to imagine. How can I do that to the glory of God? It sounds like such a high standard. But it might be simpler than we would think. I want to look at a a verse that's worded very similarly because I think there's a parallel there. Let's look at uh, Colossians 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So whatever we do, we're to do everything to the glory of God, and whatever we do, we're to do everything giving thanks. There might be a connection there. I think there is a connection there. I want to look at Romans 14, verse 6. So in Romans 14, uh, Paul is talking about how some Christians have the faith to eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols and believe that it's okay. And other Christians were having their doubts about that. Um, And Paul is giving them instructions on that. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and and gives thanks to God. So it's clear how the one who abstains is honoring God, because in their heart, they think that they're sacrificing to God. They're abstaining from potential benefit for what they believe to be obedience. Uh, It might not actually be obedience, or it might not actually be required, but they're honoring God because they're abstaining from something they could enjoy for the sake of what they believe to be obedience. So you can see how that honors God, but how does the one who eats honor God? The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. So the way you eat to the glory of God is by eating thankfully. And this is seen uh, elsewhere in the New Testament. Let's look at 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit expressly says, In the latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. 
For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it was received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. I take this to mean that that last verse, especially since it's connected with thanksgiving, and prayer and thanksgiving are connected, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer, that... um. When God gives us blessings, such as food and drink, and we're thankful for them, those things aren't just neutral anymore, they're made holy. We glorify God in the enjoyment of his blessings when we enjoy them thankfully. It's not just neutral to eat and drink thankfully, it's glorious, it honors God, it glorifies him. When we feast thankfully, and at the right time, it's to God's glory. So thankfulness enables us to do all things to the glory of God. When we think about doing all things to the glory of God, I think a lot of times we get tempted to just think about, are we doing them with good character? But probably the first thing that should come to mind when we think about doing all things to the glory of God is, are we living a thankful life? Are we thankful to God in the enjoyment of all his blessings? So thankfulness enables us to do all things to the glory of God. So let's talk about the benefits of being thankful. Um, I always just like to list benefits for things. I like to hope that if the scriptures don't motivate you to do it, I can find another way to motivate you to do it. So we'll talk about the benefits of being thankful, which it's good to know anyways. Um, number one, it, thankfulness helps us to trust God. Having a lifestyle of thanking God for his goodness it helps us to focus on God. And that makes it easier to trust him. It helps us to focus on his goodness rather than focusing on our problems. It can be easy to focus on our problems. And when we focus on our problems more than on God, it becomes a distraction. It becomes temptation to be doubtful. It becomes temptation to think that, you know, situations won't work out for our good. And thinking about what good God has done in the past makes it easier to trust God for things in the future. And thanking God brings us to think about what God has done. So having a lifestyle of thankfulness helps us to trust God more. It also helps our intimacy with God. You know, being thankful is always more helpful for a relationship than not being thankful. Who's ever seen a good marriage where just no one was thankful? Thankfulness is helpful to every relationship. It has an impact on every relationship. Every relationship that exists would be even better if people were thankful, if it's a good one and people aren't thankful. So thankfulness towards God helps our intimacy with him. It also helps us to be joyful. Uh, When you give thanks to God for something, it's not just giving thanks to God. You're in some sense making a declaration that there is something in your life that is good. 
You're making a declaration that God has done good to you, that there is good in your life, that there are things worth rejoicing over. Because we don't give thanks for bad things. You only give thanks for things you think are good. So when you give thanks, you're saying that there is good in your life. And that inevitably, you know, over time leads to more joy because it leads to a sense of blessing. And that sense of blessing leads to joy. If life didn't have anything good in it, there'd be no reason to have joy. But if you believe that God is doing good things in your life, that will cause an amount of joy. Uh, Thanksgiving also helps with anxiety. Let's look at Philippians uh, 6 and also verse 7 this time. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is a promise of God's peace, but it's based on us doing something. It's based on us uh, by everything in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, letting our requests be made known to God. So Paul isn't saying that you just need to pray once and say thanks once and your anxiety will go away. That is not what Paul is saying. He's saying that if you develop a lifestyle of ongoing prayer and ongoing thankfulness, where you are regularly thankful and you pray about anything that bothers you, then you will have a peace that protects you against anxiety. I really want to emphasize that we need a lifestyle of thanksgiving. He's not just saying just pray once and just say thanks once and boom, anxiety gone. That's not going to happen. That's not what he's saying. We need a lifestyle of prayer and a lifestyle of thanksgiving and then will have the peace of God. And that's something that we need. Thanksgiving can also help uh, with rejection issues. We've all struggled before with feeling like uh, either God doesn't care or nobody cares about us, but Thanksgiving helps with that. It helps us to see that God really does care about us and if God cares about us, then we are truly loved. It brings our focus to God and his love for us. So if you're struggling with a sense of rejection, it can help to develop an attitude of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving also helps us uh, to grow in humility. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy eight seventeen through 19. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and my might and my, the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore with your fathers as it is to this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you that you shall surely perish. So God was warning the Israelites that there's a real danger when we get blessed 
And uh, it is God's intention to bless us, but there's a danger that comes with that of forgetting God and that thinking that we just acquired all these blessings on our own. That's a real danger we need to watch out for. But when we give thanks to God for the blessings he gives us, we're reminding ourselves every time we give thanks that they come from him and that without him, we wouldn't have them. And not only that, but an attitude of thankfulness is an attitude that's focused outward and not inward. Developing an attitude of thankfulness just pushes your focus away from you. So it helps with humility. Proud people aren't very thankful because thankfulness fights against pride. It's hard to be a proud person and a thankful person at the same time. It's like pushing magnets together. Another benefit of thankfulness is that thankfulness is edifying to others. Uh, this isn't something I realized until recently, a few weeks ago when I was reading 1 Corinthians. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 through 18. For if I pray in a ton, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if, I give, if you give thanks with your uh, spirit, or if you're praying in tongues and giving thanks through praying in tongues, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So I think he's making an implication that I didn't realize until recently. He's implying that if the other person could understand what you were giving thanks for, they would be being built up. Having an attitude of thanksgiving is edifying to those around you. You know, no one likes being around people who just complain all the time. But being around people who are thankful helps us to have an attitude that focuses on God. It's edifying. It, it makes a difference. It builds you up in your spirit to be around thankful people. And when you're a thankful person, that's edifying to those around you. It's a blessing not just to you, but to them. The last benefit I want to uh, look at, uh, thanksgiving, I think, can even make a difference in spiritual warfare. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21. And when he had uh, taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were going, uh, who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army and they would say, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. So I was thinking about this earlier this week. They were appointed to sing and praise the Lord, and that definitely makes a difference in spiritual warfare, but they weren't, they weren't singing the whole time. They would just say something, and they weren't singing it. They would just say, give thanks to the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. And they would proclaim this to the army, presumably. They'd proclaim it to anyone who would hear it. But they were sent out before the army for war, 
because this was going to make a difference in their war. Give thanks to the Lord. And, you know, I think that that shows that thanksgiving can make a difference in spiritual warfare even. Because our warfare is a spiritual one. So in general, thanksgiving just helps us to have a better perspective. And if we truly develop a lifestyle of having an attitude of thanksgiving, an ongoing attitude of thanksgiving, it will make a difference in our life. We will be blessed by it. We will be benefited by it. We'll be better off for it. So the next thing I want to talk about, uh, I want to get into having a a solid understanding of thankfulness, uh, how to be thankful. I want to define thankfulness. So just to be clear about it, uh, thankfulness is realizing that someone did something for you valuing or appreciating that they did it for you, and expressing that appreciation. So it just involves three things. You have to recognize or acknowledge that someone did something for you. You have to value slash appreciate that they did it, and you have to express that appreciation. That's thankfulness. And that being said, thankfulness is a choice. Those three things are things you could choose to do, right? Thankfulness is a choice, just like love is a choice. And thankfulness might be spontaneous. We might expect it to typically be spontaneous or to just happen on its own without choosing it. But even when it does that, you're still choosing it, just like it is with love. Love is a choice, and sometimes it's spontaneous. It happens without you thinking about it. You just do good to a person Uh, who you really care about, and you don't think about it, but you're still choosing it. Even though you're not thinking about it, you're still choosing it. So thankfulness is always a choice. It might be spontaneous, but it's still a choice, just like love is a choice. And we need to choose to be thankful. So I want to give some tips for being more thankful, because I trust that we could all grow in thankfulness. I know I could grow in thankfulness. And thankfulness is a habit that needs cultivated, it needs developed, and it takes time and effort. But it's something that we can do, and it's something that we should cultivate. We should develop habits of thankfulness. So the first thing we should do if we want to be thankful is to make sure that we trust in God's sovereignty. Uh, We need to trust that everything that happens only happens because God allowed it to or caused it to. Nothing happened or happens ever that God didn't, um, that God's sovereign hand wasn't over. And so there are so many verses we could look at that show this. We don't have time to look at all of them, so I only want to look at one, just one that's kind of uh, meaningful. Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph talking to his brothers after years after they sold him into slavery. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So nothing happens that's outside of God's control. Nothing happens ever that's outside of God's allowing it to happen or causing it to happen. We also need to believe that God will work all things together for our good. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 28. 
And we know that those who love that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for all for those who are called according to his purpose. So some days, you know, we might give in to temptation and sin against God. And you might wonder, does that still work out for my good? I wasn't really loving God very much that day when I fell into temptation. But it doesn't say things work out when we love God. It's talking about a people group. And it says two things about that people group. Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. He's saying anyone who loves God is called according to God's purpose. And anyone who's called according to God's purpose is anyone who loves God. That's the same. So basically, for anyone who's received the gospel... For anyone who's received the gospel, all things will work together for their good. And that being said, you know, we need to believe that God doesn't allow anything ultimately bad to happen to any of his people. Bad things happen, but nothing ultimately bad happens. Nothing happens that won't be worked out for good. God doesn't allow anything to happen that won't work out for a greater good. God doesn't allow ultimate bad to happen. Not for his people. Not for anyone who's received the gospel. So we need to trust in God's sovereignty. Uh, You know, I can't imagine being a thankful person if I didn't believe that all things would work out for my good and that nothing ultimately bad could happen to me. I'm pretty sure I'd be quite ungrateful if I believed that ultimately bad things happened to me. I can't imagine much reason to continue to be thankful throughout life if ultimately bad things happen. We need to trust God's sovereignty if we want to be thankful. The second tip I have if we want to be more thankful. Think about God's intentions. So when God gives us good things, it's because he loves us. And I I do think it makes a difference to to really think about God's intentions when we enjoy good things. Uh, If someone gives me a nice gift in general, I'll be thankful. That's normal. But if somebody gives me a nice gift and I suspect that they weren't sincere and they only gave it to me because they wanted something in return, I'm not going to be grateful. I'm just going to think, well, he didn't mean it. He just wants something from me. Whatever. So knowing God's intentions and thinking about them matters. When we enjoy God's blessings, it's helpful to think about his intentions behind them. God doesn't just, um, actually, let's look at Matthew 5, 43 verses uh, through 45. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, or so that you may be like your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. I think it's easy to fall into the pattern of just thinking, well, you know, God just sends rain where he sends it, and, um, you know, 
it lands where it will, kind of like the sower who throws out seed. He just doesn't care much who receives the benefits of it. But he's saying that when we love our enemies, when we in our hearts desire their well-being, we're being like the Father. The Father doesn't just willy-nilly send rain and who gets the benefit is who gets the benefit. God intentionally blesses wicked people with sustenance so that they stay alive and have things to enjoy. And God intentionally blesses us. When we get blessings, it's not just we happened to, you know, stumble into McDonald's and happened to have enough money or, you know, hopefully somewhere better than McDonald's. But, uh, you know, God intentionally blesses us with things to enjoy. It's not just that, well, I guess I'll just allow this and, you know, Josiah will end up with enough money for food this day and whatever. God intentionally blesses us with an intention for us to enjoy it. Let's look at Psalms 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. That doesn't sound very passive. That sounds like God has an intention to bless. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. It doesn't say God richly provides us with things because he had nothing better to do with them. It says God richly provides us with all things to enjoy. He has an intention behind it. His intention in blessing us is that we would enjoy it. And when we think about that and we really get to know that, we'll be more thankful as we should be. So think about God's intentions when you enjoy your lunch. Think about how he really does want to bless you and really does want you to enjoy good things. The next thing that I think uh, would help us to be more thankful. Think about what you deserve. So none of us deserve anything except God's unending judgment. But there's a big connection between thankfulness and perceived merit. When people um, receive something good and they know they didn't deserve it, they're usually thankful. I personally never thank my boss when I see my paycheck come in. But if out of the kindness of their heart, either my boss or the company just decides to give me extra money for no reason then I'm thankful for that. There's a big connection between thankfulness and perceived merit. The more we realize that the only thing we deserve is God's unending judgment, the more that will cause us to be thankful, if we really get a a true sense of that. And if we have problems with being ungrateful or with not being thankful, we probably also have problems with feeling like God owes us something. If you do feel like you have uh, issues with being ungrateful, you should examine your heart to see if you feel like God owes you things. There's usually a connection there.
If you want to be more thankful, spend some time thinking about what you deserve and how God has the desire to give you all the good that you don't deserve. You know, it's clear in the scriptures that Paul thought this way. Let's look at Philippians 2, 25 through 27. I have thought it necessary to send... uh, Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow." Every time I used to read this verse, it used to kind of strike me as strange. Because typically, I would only think that I need mercy on bad days, where I've sinned a lot. You know, Paul had a lot of credentials, as it were. Paul spent, Paul gave up, um, you know, his material life in obedience to God. And he says the fact that he doesn't have unending sorrow is God's mercy. He doesn't say, well, thank God for this and then neglect to mention that it was mercy. It's very much in Paul's mind that this is mercy. Even though he's walking in daily obedience to God, he remembers that he doesn't deserve this and that um, Epa, the other one doesn't deserve it either. He didn't deserve to be healed by God. He was you know, sick enough to die. And he said, God had mercy on him and on me. That's an attitude we need to develop, and it, it takes uh, work to develop. Michelle Caldwell reminds me of this almost any time I talk to her. I really don't talk to Michelle Caldwell that often, but every time I do, no matter what it's about, she always mentions God's mercy every time I see her. And that's something we should develop. We need to think about how little we deserve, and that will cause us to be grateful to God. Uh, The next tip, uh, if we want to grow in thankfulness, have set times of giving thanks throughout the day, even if it's just before meals. We should give thanks more often than just before meals, but that's a good place to start. Almost any time we see Jesus about to have a meal in the scriptures, he gives thanks for it. He gave thanks before feeding the 5,000. He gave thanks before feeding the 4,000. He gave thanks before the Last Supper. Uh, But, you know, developing the habit of thankfulness is developing a habit. It takes time. It takes intentionality. Uh, It could be helpful to set reminders throughout your house or on your phone. Uh, But having set times of Thanksgiving throughout the day can be helpful for starting that habit. Another thing that can help, uh, making lists of things to be thankful for. Uh, That can be helpful, especially if you're struggling with being thankful. I want to look at some verses from the Psalms. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. And Psalm 75, verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. 
God has done a lot of good towards us, especially as time goes by. The more time goes by, the more good he has done for us. It can be easy to forget about it or not, just not think about it. But uh, when you really take the time to make a list of all the good God has blessed you with, you, you find that it's more than you thought it was. And it usually causes us to be more thankful. Uh, the next tip, if we want to grow in thankfulness, be thankful to others. Let's look at 1 John 4, verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So John is making a connection between um, whether or not we love God, love others affects whether or not we love God. And I would say whether or not you have an attitude of thankfulness towards others tends to affect whether or not you'll be thankful towards God. Because thankfulness is kind of an attitude in general. And if you develop an attitude of being thankful towards others, that also helps to just naturally, without thinking about it, being thankful towards God. The next tip for if we want to be more thankful, pray about it. Amen. Pray to God that he would make you more thankful. Prayer helps everything, and it's one of the means for growth as a Christian. God designed us to rely on him, and anything we need, we should pray for. So pray that God would make you more thankful. And if you're wondering about, you know, what should you pray if you want to pray according to God's will, it's God's will that you be thankful. And uh, the last tip I would have is uh, just understand that thankfulness takes practice. It is a habit that gets developed. And the more you practice it, the more it feels natural over time. If a person spends all day whining and complaining about how bad their life is, they become more angry. And if a person spends all day thanking God for all he has done for them, they become thankful. So in conclusion... Uh, we need to cultivate a habit of thankfulness. It's something that God wants us to have as a habit, not just something we do every now and then. God commands it, and it has many benefits, but it, it takes work. Being thankful because we're sinful isn't natural in some sense. It takes work. It takes intentionality, and we should seek God's grace for it. We should you know, pray to him that he would make us more thankful and we should understand that being thankful is a blessing. It is good for us to be thankful. Um, not just that it's morally good, but it's actually good for us. It's a benefit. So let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to come and hear from your word and to be together and to worship you. Uh, we pray that you would help us to be more thankful. We pray that you would open our eyes to see your love for us and all that you've blessed us with and all the good that you do for us that we usually don't think about. And we pray that you would open our eyes to see your loving and kind intentions behind all the everyday small things that we enjoy and how you really do desire to bless us and that we would enjoy your blessings. We pray that we would know your love deeper and be more thankful to you. And we thank you for your grace and amen.